listening to Abiding Hope Church's podcast of our weekly sermons. For more information about our church, please visit abidinghope.org. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the 8th chapter. Then Jesus began to teach the disciples that the Son of the human being must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. He said all this quite openly, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan. For you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. He called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Indeed, what can they give in return for their life? Those who are ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of them the son of the human being will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. The Gospel of the Lord. Throughout most of my life, I overlooked the fact that Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, was raised with wounds. Have you ever paid attention to that? <laughs> that was great. That was great. I got one person paying attention. That was great. I didn't notice it. I didn't, I, I overlooked it. I ignored it. It, it, it. it didn't make sense. I didn't think it was significant, but it's hugely significant. That God raised the Christ from the grave, but for some reason didn't fix the wounds, left the wounds. And when Jesus was raised, and according to the fourth gospel, the gospel of John, he comes into the room with the disciples and he says, peace be with you. But he has to say it twice because they don't recognize him. They don't know it's him. And he says, look, it's me. He shows his wounds. He's not ashamed of them. And then a week later when Thomas is in the room, Thomas was having a hard time believing, right? And Jesus says to Thomas, look, here. Put, put your hand in where the nails were. Touch it. He's letting Thomas touch his wounds. He's not afraid. He's not ashamed. He's open about it. You see, when we talk about Jesus being the sacrifice for sin, very often what people think that means is that we as human beings are so filthy and disgusting and sinful, and God is angry, furious, and God needs a blood sacrifice in order to be appeased. We think that's what the sacrifice of the Christ means. Ugh. I don't believe in that kind of a God. What the sacrifice of the Christ is, is that in order for Jesus, in order for God to be close to us, 
to be near us, to walk with us, to accompany us, that the Christ had to become human. And in order to become human, would suffer, would be wounded. That's the sacrifice. That God is willing to suffer for us. That Jesus is willing to become fully human and, and, and go through agony just to be close to us. That's what the sacrifice means. Because we are all wounded people. There's no human being on the planet that is not wounded. We were wounded as children. We were wounded as teens. We've been wounded as adults. But what do we do with those wounds? We hide from them. We put walls and barriers around them. We put masks over our faces, and we try to appear as though we're not wounded. We're not broken. Because the world has tried to convince us, and we've bought into it, that you ought to be able to get through life without pain. You ought to be able to have smooth sailing and do everything perfectly and everything work out for you and you never suffer. That's a lie. It's a lie. And so we're afraid of our wounds. We're afraid to look at our wounds because they hurt. They've caused us pain and we don't want to feel the pain anymore. We're ashamed of our wounds and we're afraid somebody else is going to touch them. Somebody else is going to re-wound us. And what happens when we live as human beings who are wounded but not integrated into who we are, and, and I'll, I'll unpack that, that term in a moment, um, but when we, we live with these wounds that we ignore and that we hide from, when they do get touched, we wound others. We react in anger. We react in resentment. We lash back. We attack. We blame the other for our own pain, for our own wounds. But we have the capacity as humans, because we saw Jesus do this, we have the capacity as human beings to deal with our own wounding, to take a look at it, to recognize it, to name it, to experience the pain it caused. As we think about how then those wounds have shaped and formed us as people, we think about how they have played out in our lives. And, and sadly, when you do this kind of wound work, what you discover is, man, I haven't handled my wounds well. And I regret saying some of the things I've said. I regret doing some of the things I've done when my wounds have been touched. But what Jesus was able to do is while he was being wounded on the cross, he turned his pain into love. And that's his power. The power of Jesus isn't when he turned water into wine. The power of Jesus isn't when he was up on a mountain being transfigured. The power of Jesus is that he turned his wounds into love. As he was being wounded on that cross, nails driven through his hands and his feet, a spear through his side, he loved his mother and the beloved disciple at the foot of the cross. He loved the two men who were dying beside him. He even loved the soldiers that drove the nails through his hands and his feet. He turned his pain into love. Because what Jesus recognized is they had pain too. They were wounded people too. 
And instead of allowing his wounds to go toward anger and resentment, he took his wounds in another direction. He took his wounds toward compassion and mercy, toward gentleness, toward healing of others. Think about how he, 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 he loved and touched lepers. He healed the hemorrhaging woman. He accepted people who had been pushed to the fringes of society. He had compassion for the hungry and the poor. Why? Because he knew what it was like to hurt. He knew what it felt like to be in pain. He knew what it felt like to be isolated and alone, to be rejected, to be scorned and mocked and ridiculed, for gossip to be cast about him, for people aligning against him, and he knew physical pain. But instead of going toward anger and resentment, he wasn't afraid of his wounds. And he allowed them to create deeper love and compassion and mercy and gentleness within himself. So when we hear today that Jesus says, take up your cross and follow me, this is what he's talking about. None of you, none of us are going to be nailed to a tree, I hope. I hope. So we, we know that Jesus isn't talking literally here about being nailed to a cross. He must be talking about something much deeper. And I believe he's talking about how to live as wounded people in a loving way. Because as we go through life, we get wounded. But the question is, what do we do with those wounds? Do we look at them? Do we, are we honest and, and authentic about how we feel, how they make us feel? Are we willing to see that, that those wounds are shaping and forming us into people? They're affecting who we are. They're affecting how we live. And can we move those wounds toward love so that we, we recognize that in our wounding, now we have the opportunity to enter into and to walk with others as they're wounded. We know what it feels like to be in pain, but what do we do with that pain? See, that's, that's the question today. And so um, I invite you into this wound work. But I, I request that you do it in community. You don't try to do it by yourself. Who are the few trusted people that you have in your life? People that you know love you, you love them, you trust them, that you can sit with and talk about your wounding. Talk about what happened to you. Talk about how you feel, how it made you feel. Who is it that you can talk to, to to help process how those wounds have, have shaped and formed who you are as a human being? And, and this is very important work so that those wounds can be seen then as things we're not ashamed of, things we're not afraid of anymore. And now, once we do that work, we have the capacity to enter into the lives of other people and to walk with them as they go through pain. When you've been at your worst, when you were in, uh, at your, your last straw, when you were at the end of your rope, when you couldn't see a path forward, when you were out of hope, God showed up for you. And I guarantee you God showed up through a person or through people. They came into your life and they accompanied you at your worst, at your lowest. Well, that's who we're called to be with others. And here's the thing, we're not here to fix other people's wounds. They have to do that themselves. We're not here to fix them. We're not here to make their pain go away. We're just here to love them and to walk with them 
and to accompany them in their journey of human life. And I believe this is the, the, the vision for the world that God had in mind from the beginning. A world where human beings are going to get hurt. It's just, we're, we're hurtable, you know. I mean, we're just flesh and, and bone. We, we can get hurt easily. But that's not the issue. The issue is we never have to go through pain alone. We never have to go through our wounding alone. We're part of a community that loves. We're part of a community that accompanies. We're part of a community that, that shares in one another's pain because we've gotten past the fear of the pain. We've gotten past the shame of the pain. And now we can walk with each other and be that community. I think this is what our world needs today. Our world needs a community of people that are not lashing out out of their own wounds. They're being compassionate and kind and gentle because we know what it feels like to be wounded. And we don't want any single person to ever have to go through this alone. Politics isn't going to fix our world. Economics aren't going to fix our world. None of those kinds of things. Violence isn't going to fix it. Wars aren't going to fix it. The only thing that's going to bring healing and hope and peace into this broken world is if wounded people are willing to love and accompany other wounded people and show them the path toward healing. The wounds, the scars, they never go away, but they become our power. That's our power. You are powerful people because you're wounded, and you have the capacity to transform those wounds into love. That was Jesus' power, and we all have the capacity for that power. And so my prayer for you this week is, as the kiddos are going to keep their eyes open for somebody who's hurting and they're going to help them out, you can do the same thing. But I invite you into the journey of, of, of recognizing your wounds. Get past the fear of the pain. Get past the shame of being a wounded person. And you're not going to do that in a day and a half, okay? This is your life journey. This is, we work on this our entire lives. But let's be a part of a community that's willing to carry the cross, that's willing to be a wounded people, that's willing to enter into the lives of other people's wounds so that we can generate a world where all are whole and full and complete. God loves each of you, and I do too. Amen.